Hey, to all the real estate professionals out there, I want to let you know The Buyer's Mind is sponsored by Homebridge Financial. Homebridge loan officers are experts in new home financing, and they bring sales ideas and strategies and market intelligence and programs that will help sell homes. To learn more about that, go to builder.homebridge.com. Homebridge Financial, home financing made easy. How much of your sales presentation is planned out in advance and how much are you winging it? Let's get into that today on The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, greetings, everyone. Jeff Shore here. I am your host of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to the podcast where we really want to know the way that our buyers think, but how do we design our presentations to make it easy for buyers to do what they want to do anyway? And the question that I would start with today is just very simple. How well-planned are you for your presentations? Now, look, I recognize that in the sales world and what we do in sales, a lot of what we do is, I don't want to say making it up. That wouldn't be the right way to put it, but we have to be adaptable, right? We have to be flexible. We don't know what's going to come at us at any given time. But there is the question of how much we can plan. And I think oftentimes a lot of sales professionals make the mistake of saying, well, you can't really predict what's going to happen. So you just have to kind of go in and free flowing. And I disagree with that. I, I don't think that that's the best way to look at it. I think the better way to look at it is to be able to ask the question, what strategy do I have in mind? And then if I'm following a strategy, well, I can veer off of that, right? I can adapt and adjust as I need to. So I just want to challenge you right now as we get started today, could you write out your strategy? Could you write out a path, not a script, a path? Could you define what that perfect sales presentation would look like for you. Now, again, we recognize that we have to be adaptable, but I kind of look at it this way. You're, you're going from point A to point B, you get in your car and you start driving, you're going to go down the freeway, okay? Then suddenly you find out the freeway's closed. It's all jammed up. And so what do you do? You, you get off and you find another route. But then what do you do? You get back on, you get past the log jam and you get back on. But if you just get in your car and you say, well, I want to go to this place, but I don't really know where I'm going. I'm just going to drive around and hopefully I get there. That's a very, very inefficient way to travel. Same thing with the sales path. So I would just challenge you, and this might be an exercise for you, an opportunity to sit down and say, what will it take? What can I do to be able to put together a path that would make sense both for me and for my customer? And to be able to help us with that, I brought on Lisa Magnuson. She is the author of the book, The Top Seller Advantage. And it's just powerful strategies to build long-term relationships. And this is a great way to be able to think it through. Uh, Lisa specializes in the, the B2B world, but the applications are very strong in the B2C world as well. So let's see what Lisa Magnuson has to say, uh, the author of The Top Seller Advantage. Well, we always like talking to uh, very smart people, smart sales thinkers. And uh, Lisa Magnuson falls under that category, the author of The Top Seller Advantage, Powerful Strategies to Build Long-Term Executive Relationships. Uh, you can find out more about that at toplinesales.com. We'll put that into our show notes. You can get, you can download their uh, pre-calling planning worksheet. Uh, Lisa, welcome to The Buyer's Mind. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. Where, where are you calling in from today? I am calling in from uh, the beautiful Pacific Northwest, specifically Portland, Oregon. 
Oh, great, great, great. I've got my daughter and her husband live in Wilsonville, Oregon, a, a beautiful town up there. So love it, yep, love it, it love it. Uh, tell us real quick about your background. How did you get into sales and, and what led you to where you are right now? I have spent my entire career in sales. Uh, started with Xerox Corporation way back when and just got a rock solid foundation with them all the way up through executive level uh, sales leadership. And yeah. I've had my own consulting firm for the last 15 years working with uh, all different types of clients. I want to talk about this book, The, the Top Seller Advantage, sure. because you, you ask some really interesting questions in this book. You ask, why do executives want to know me in the first place, right? Can, I want to talk about your experience with that question, because your niche here is to how to sell to executives. And we have a lot of people who uh, listen to the buyer's mind and and they have to sell to you know, direct consumers or whoever it might be. There, there might be a purchasing manager somewhere, but you're talking about the true executive. And so I want to get into this idea of um, how executives think and why that makes for a different sale. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I had a lot of fun with when I wrote that book was interviewing lots of executives and asking them, basically what would cause them to take a meeting with a salesperson? What would make that meeting valuable? And why would they leave the door open for future meetings? And so the book is not about just, you know, getting to the executive, which, which is hard and takes <laughs> in some cases a lot of time, but the book is about cultivating those relationships over time, not the opposite of a once and done approach. Mm -hmm. But that begs the question then, why do executives want to engage with me? Because I, I look at it as an example here and I am, you know, the, the president of a, a medium size. There's 14 of us. We do fairly well. And, and uh, I get, boy, I get hit all the time, right? The emails and the LinkedIn requests and boy, do I have this amazing product to show you. And, oh, I even read one of your blog posts, probably didn't. And, uh, you know, I just think we've got exactly what you're looking for. And I have to confess, Lisa, it's really hard to get my attention. Yeah, I know it is. And you are not unlike all your executive counterparts. And there's not one answer to that question. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I work with account teams, you know, larger teams that are going after larger deals. I call them 5X deals. And in almost all cases, you need an executive sponsor. And so they have to get to that executive. And, and one of the things that the account team has to figure out is why the executive would want to meet with them. What would, it, what would make that meeting valuable? And to do that, you have to put yourself in the executive's shoes. You know, what are, what are his or her priorities? What do they care about right now? What they care about their people, they care about their customers, they care about their, their stockholders, uh, their stakeholders, they care about the market. You know, there's all different kinds of things they care about, but the team has to say, you know, what is relevant where we can add value? And I really call those win themes. It's a, it's a term that I coined many, many years ago, and it just works. It works in the marketing world. It also works in the sales world. And, and it absolutely applies to executives. And what win themes are, it's that intersection of the executive's priorities or actually any prospect's priorities and your strengths. Where you have that intersection, you have a win theme. And when you have a win theme, then that executive will want to meet with you. And now during this pandemic, more important than ever, teams have to spend a lot of time figuring that out. 
You know, as I'm listening to you and 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 uh, again going through it as my uh, my own perception as an executive and how people come to me, I think the problem here is that you say, "What would make this meeting valuable?" That's the core question we should be asking. What would make this this meeting valuable? And I think for too many salespeople, it's like, "Well, my product, well, my service, well, me." And so then when they go to make the pitch, it's like, "We can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this." And here's all the different things that we can do without seeming a care in the world as to whether or not you actually need any of these things. And that's why after a while, I, it's, it's almost not fair because when I'm reading my emails these days and your first thing in the morning, I've got one finger hovering over the delete button and I just cannot delete these fast enough because they're all about, here's how great we are, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of concern about whether or not I need it. Well, what do you think is it that causes a salesperson, a sales team to take that approach of chest pounding versus really wanting to know what value would look like in the first place? I just think it's easier for salespeople and all of us to just talk, think about ourselves, think about our products and services, and, and we just can't do that anymore. We couldn't do that before, but we absolutely cannot do it now because people have even more of their figure over that delete button than they ever have had in the past. But, you know, the other thing is for big deals, you know, it's, it's a whole strategy. So not only are you trying to figure out, you're putting yourself in that executive shoes and you're trying to figure out what would be valuable, but you're also trying to figure out the best way to, to, to approach them. And normally it's not an email even if it's the best crafted email in the world, it's a referral. Right. It's a referral yeah. from somebody in their organization. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's generally account teams. I've had been part of account teams where it's taken a year to get to a key executive. Um, right. And the key then is once you get there, how do you stay there? How do you leave the door open. So it's not just mm -hmm. about getting the meeting. It's about getting the second meeting and the third meeting. Let's talk about the strategy of how to do this here, because the way that you're describing it right now is not, you know, a, 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 a spray and pray type of thing. I'm going to just send out a hundred emails and hope that somebody responds to one. You're looking at it. It's if I'm hearing you're right, you're looking at it and saying, okay, this is who we're going after. This is the key executives what are the different points of creative contact we have to make in order to build a ladder that's eventually going to put us there? This is not something that you can just sit down and scribble out on a scratch pad. It sounds like the, the way that you're describing it, the pre-call, and I know you talk about this in the book, the pre-calling plan has got to be very, very detailed. It does. And sometimes it, it, it sort of happens over, you know, months or, or even years. I have a funny story of um, I was on an account team and we were trying to get to a Nike executive and um, very difficult. The, the Nike culture is that everything is pushed down in that company. And the and so the whole notion of trying to get to the executives, they make it almost impossible. And so we tried for a year. And finally successful, figured out the value, figured out how to get sponsored internally by this executive's, it was one of his employees, a couple, you know, rungs down that ladder, had the meeting, and I'll never forget this. He said, Lisa, why, why haven't you called on me sooner? <laughs> Interesting. You didn't right. expect that one there. I didn't no. expect that 
one. I'm like, yeah. um, I didn't really want to tell him that we had been trying for over a year, but <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what what do you think is going on in the minds of most executives? Is is and how do they sort through? I mean, somehow you have to you you have to get their attention. So, what are some of the things that sales professionals can do to get you? You mentioned sort of for sure that if there's a champion somewhere in the organization that can get you in the door there, but what is that executive looking for? Because one thing about the executive. You know, he or she is in that situation where everybody wants a piece of their time. That's one thing about executives is that everybody wants their time. So what are what do you think is going on in their mind that would spark them to take one call and not take another? So, well, I believe that you 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 have to have that longer plan. You have to find that champion or you're probably not going to be successful. So mm-hmm. so it's not a matter of if you're lucky enough to have the champion, you've got to find the champion. You've got to you've got to cultivate the champion, let them know why you want to meet with the executive. Can they sponsor you? Make sure the champion's clear on the value. And, 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 and so they sort of cue that up for you. Um, and the interesting thing that you said about time. So in that book, the top seller advantage that each chapter ends with an executive interview. And one of the consistent themes throughout all those executives talking about why they would meet with a salesperson and what would make it valuable and why they would leave the door open is time. And one of the executives makes the point in that book, if you are meeting with me, if you want to really make an impression, you can do a lot of things, but end the meeting early because there's nothing more valuable to me than my time. I don't even have time to go to the bathroom. I am scheduled from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And so, you know, every day. And um, so I always coach my clients. It's like, you know, you have these executive meetings, build your agenda to finish 10 to 15 minutes early, period. It's, it's, you know, gone are the days where the salesperson comes back from the executive meeting and goes, oh, you know, they had given me a half hour, but they, they told me I could keep going. So we ended up talking for like an hour and 15 minutes. And they thought the salesperson thought that was great. The executive will never meet with them again, ever. They just won't. They may have been mm-hmm. polite and professional why that was occurring, but that salesperson's not getting a second meeting right. because they right. overstepped their time. Boy, I hear you there. I, there, there is that opportunity where that you you don't want to get sucked into a, a a meeting, giving up time that you don't have in the first place, especially if you don't see the value. If I'm if I'm a sales professional, if I'm leading a team, we're trying to get into this uh, organization, and I look and I say, boy, I I know what the pain point here. I've studied it, I've researched it. I see what this company is going through. I see what this industry is going through, and I think we can craft a solution here that perfectly matches that. That's great. You should do all of those things before you should even want to call somebody because otherwise you can't bring value. Now, my question to you is, do I make that clear as part of getting the appointment or do I say, trust me, when you sit down, I've got something to share that's going to knock your socks off. I'm a big fan of, as you mentioned earlier, pre-call planning. And part of pre-call planning is, is carefully crafting an agenda and sending it to that executive in advance for his mm-hmm. or her feedback. And so no surprises. And um, also in general, you know, with the accounts that, that my clients are dealing with in general, you are not going there to close that person for a decision, it, but mm. you 
you might be going there to understand more about the direction, the vision, have that person sponsor you to some other key people that are going to be making a decision. Um, you might be going there to recognize some efforts of their people that they might not even know about, kind of bolster your internal champion. But all of that needs to be on a carefully uh, planned out agenda. And so no surprises, you build the agenda so you finish early. The agenda is not just your agenda, it's a shared agenda. So, you know, it's a dialogue. It's, it's, it's not just about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you think the biggest challenge is for sellers when it comes to uh, executive engagement? What, what stands in the way more than anything else of even being able to get executive engagement? You know, I think the root cause of, of, of lack of executive engagement, you know, kind of the once and done, that's actually was my whole motivation for writing the book. I was so tired yeah. of being on account teams and we worked for, yeah. you know, months and months, got to the executive. We all come out of the call. Oh, that was a great call. Because, of course, we thought it was great because we were just talking to an executive. Sure. Of and course, then, yeah. yeah, a year later, we have to we have to go back to that same executive for something they have no idea who we are. We didn't do a good mm-hmm. job. So we have to start over. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think the root cause of that problem is just not asking. So if you really have some valuable content that you can, that you can talk to that executive about part of that meeting is, you know, we'd like to stay in touch with you. What is the best way to do that? You know, what, right. what, what are you, what's valuable to you? When, we, when should we reach out to you? And kind of that's part of the meeting is getting that agreement. And I have found if you have provided value and you've been respectful and you're on task to finish the meeting early and you ask that question, they'll tell you. They'll say, yeah. you know what? It'd be great if you could, if there's anything big, I'd like to know about it in advance. If you, if you run into trouble, you can reach out and call me. Um, those are, that is gold if you get that from right. an executive. And those are the yeah. those are appropriate things to ask an executive for in a in in a meeting. Uh, Lisa Magnuson, the author of the Top Seller Advantage, and uh, you can find her at toplinesales.com. and she's got some special valuable add-ons there. If you go there, you can download a a planning worksheet right there. Uh, Just as a tradition here, before we let you go, we're going to put you on the hot hot seat, ask you some rapid fire questions. You got some rapid fire answers. Ready? Yeah, but I'm a little scared. Uh, No worry. We'll we'll go easy on you. Uh, Your very first job was what? Uh, My very first job was with Xerox sales rep, Menlo Park, California. Yep. How about that? Okay. Yep. Uh, 30 a day. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Uh, an album or artist you listened to in high school over and over again? Oh my gosh. That is a hard one. Um, pass. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, the most beautiful place you've ever stood. Oh, probably, uh, probably the, the beaches of Maui. Yeah. I, During sunset. Every year. Never miss it. Absolutely. Uh, Any book that you read early in life that had a profound impact on the rest of your life? I love John Irving. He just, he's Mm. a great author and I've read every single book and I was lucky enough to see him in person in, uh, at a festival in Portland. Love it. Love it. Uh, A movie you've seen multiple times, but you can't help it. Whenever it comes on, you got to see it again. And you're probably going to say the world according to Garp, right? Okay, this is super embarrassing. No, it's not the world according to Garp, but it's the parent trap. 
Parent Trap. Love it, love it. All right, and finally, your first celebrity crush. Oh, gosh. Well, the person that comes to mind is Tom Cruise, but I don't think that's probably an accurate answer. So oh, many. that's okay. So many. I love <laughs> I know Lucifer. Exactly. You know, the show, yeah. <laughs> that's my current celebrity crush. <laughs> love it, love it. All right, you're off the hot seat. Uh, Lisa, thanks so much. Great conversation. Congrats on the book. And uh, you're doing great work. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for being on The Buyer's Mind. Thank you, Jeff. Well, there you have it. And once again, I want to just go back and just ask you, what is your plan? What is your path? You, you heard Lisa talk about a number of different strategies that could be invoked in order to do this right. What is yours? What does that look like? And I want to challenge you today to spend a little time just writing it out, just writing it out. If you wanted to look at it and say, here are the top level steps of the ultimate sales presentation, what would that look like? Because what you'll do here is not just design a series of steps. You're going to write an arc to a story. There's going to be a story that unfolds here from the time that I first make contact with the customer until the time that they say yes and even beyond. What does that story look like? And what are all the stepping stones that we need to, uh, to accomplish? So you want to think about it this way. At the beginning of the process, you're with your customer, uh, almost as if you're standing on one side of a raging river. You want to get to the other side to help them accomplish their dreams, right? So picture that in this river, there are a series of big boulders. You want to jump from boulder to boulder to boulder. Miss a boulder, you're going to be all wet, right? So you want to jump from boulder to boulder in order to make it to the other side. Those are the steps. The boulders represent the key milestones, the key steps. This would be good for you to look at it and say, what does my ideal presentation look like? Then as you're working with customers, you can say, how close did I get to that ideal presentation? I'm not talking about scripting on every word you're going to say, but I am talking about following a strategy. So I can look at it and say, okay, right now I'm here. What's next? Oh, yeah, I want to go there. That's the idea. That's the goal. So write it all out. You will be better off for it. But more importantly, your customer will be better off for it because they know that you're in control, that you're in charge, that there's a step-by-step process, and you want to do that in order. That's the way it works when we're talking to our accountant, when we're talking to our physician. If I'm going in for surgery, there's a step-by-step process, and I want to know that my physician has got that figured out. Same thing for my sales professional. I want to know that my sales professional is thinking through what that best-case scenario looks like. So there you go. That's your homework. That's your assignment. Have fun with it, and get ready to change someone's world. 